Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 12, and it's maybe important for us to point out something about Jeremiah that we haven't necessarily touched on so far, and that is that Jeremiah gets the nickname, not in Scripture, but by people who've studied Scripture over the centuries, he gets the nickname of the Weeping Prophet. One of the reasons he has this nickname is because he was a prophet who was called to tell some pretty bad news to some pretty bad people, and he encountered many difficulties. He was persecuted for being God's spokesperson and really calling out the people of Judah for their sin and telling them the bad news that was coming in terms of Babylon coming and taking them over, them going into exile, people being punished for their sin and being cut off from the family of God. And so scholars over the years have referred to him as the weeping prophet. In today's text, chapter 12, verses 1 through 6, we're going to get a little bit of a glimpse of that side of Jeremiah. It's kind of a depressed melancholy, kind of complaining, this isn't really fair, God, I wish you hadn't have called me to this. And we'll see some of that later on in Jeremiah. But here in chapters, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, in my Bible, the heading is Jeremiah's complaint, and he's going to level a complaint against God. And then in 5 and 6, the Lord is going to begin to answer Jeremiah's complaint. So here it is, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, righteous are you, O Lord. When I complain to you, yet I would plead my case before you. So let's just quick stop right there. This is a good thing. He is, even though he's going to complain to the Lord, we're going to get into that in a second. He's acknowledging from the very beginning that God is righteous, no matter what Jeremiah's complaint is. So Jeremiah has his theological ducks in a row, so to speak. He knows that God is righteous. He's good. He's not making mistakes. He's doing everything according to his good purposes and his purposes are to be trusted. Jeremiah acknowledges all those things, yet he has this complaint. Here it is. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all who are treacherous thrive? By the way, have you noticed that even in our world, that wicked people seem to do just fine and treacherous people seem to thrive? It says, you plant them and they take root. They grow and produce fruit. You are near in their mouth and far from their hearts. So Jeremiah is saying, why is it that you bless these wicked people? Why do you allow wicked people to prosper? It looks like you plant them and you allow them to produce fruit. Why would, why would you do that, God? These people who are near in their mouth, in other words, they acknowledge you with their mouth, but they're far from you in their heart. We've talked about this the last couple of days on the podcast, just that God is fully aware and Jeremiah is communicating to the people of Israel that it's not okay to just go to the temple and do all the right things and say all the right things, but then live lives that are totally unrepresentative of a relationship with God. Jeremiah is complaining. Why do these people prosper, Lord? Why would you do that? Then in verse three, he says, but you, O Lord, you know me, you see me and you test my heart toward you. In other words, I'm not one of those people, Lord. You know that I'm legit. You know that I truly trust you. And at this point, maybe people listening to this podcast can relate to that. Like, man, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to live for you. I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm taking heat from my friends. I'm taking heat from my family. I'm being mocked by the culture. These people who are mocking me seem to thrive. And here I am trying to please you. Like, what's going on here? So here's Jeremiah's request. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and set them apart for the day of slaughter. 
How long will the land mourn and the grass of every field wither? For the evil of those who dwell in it, the beasts and the birds are swept away because they said he will not see our latter end. In other words, the second part of verse three and four, Jeremiah is saying, the land is suffering. The beasts and the birds are swept away because of the evil that people do. They're all going to get swept up in this Babylonian exile, this domination by Babylon of the people of Israel, because you got these people who think that they'll never be judged. And so why is all this suffering allowed to continue, Lord? Why don't you punish them? Why don't you vindicate the people like me who are faithful to you? And Jeremiah is wrestling with this. Now check out this answer from the Lord. If you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? And if in a safe land you are so trusting, what will you do in the thicket of Jordan, of the Jordan? In other words, what he's saying is, Jeremiah, you ain't seen nothing yet. You think this is bad? If, if you're worn out and you've raced with men by foot, what are you going to do when you compete against horses? And if you think that you can be trusting in this safe land relatively, what's it going to be like in the thicket, in, in this other land of Jordan? For even your brothers in the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. They are in full cry after you. Do not believe them though they speak friendly words to you. So what, what the Lord is saying in his answer, and it goes beyond that, but that's where we're going to stop in verse six. The Lord is saying, Jeremiah, I understand your complaint, but you haven't seen half of it. It's going to get worse. And if you're worried by running with men, how are you going to run with horses? This is figurative. And if you've been trusting in this safe land, how are you going to handle unsafe land? And Jeremiah, you think that your family is against you, but they still speak friendly words to you. The day is coming when it's going to even get worse than that for your family. So what's all this have to do with anything today? I would say, friends, you know, people have different opinions about where we're at as a culture in America and how hostile it is getting, or it seems to be getting to the word of God, to the truth of the gospel. And I would say there is a chance, Jeremiah thinks, it's about as bad as it can get right here. But I think there's a chance, and we might think it's as bad as it can get right here. There's a chance, though, that it's going to get worse. And if it does or when it does, that doesn't mean that God is unfaithful or God somehow doesn't hear our complaint or God doesn't want to vindicate the righteous. He doesn't want to punish the wicked. It just means that God's God and he's doing his thing. He's sovereign. He has a plan. It is being carried out effortlessly by him. It's being carried out in a way that will not be thwarted. And it's not our job to figure out who should be punished when or how or what. It's our job to simply trust the Lord. We're going to get to Jeremiah 29, 11 in a few days, but that's a popular verse. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you a future. A lot of people like to quote that verse, but in its context, it's not really as feel good as we've made it today in our culture, because this is in the midst of Jeremiah telling the people that you're going to be in exile for 70 years. Generations of people are going to die away from Jerusalem, and it's going to get a lot uglier before it gets better. And we get a little bit of a glimpse of that here in Jeremiah 12. So friends, let's trust the Lord. We know he's good. We know he's righteous. We know he's compassionate. And we know he loves us enough to send Christ so that we can be redeemed to him, folded into his family. So no matter how bad it gets, let's trust the Lord, leave, the, leave things up to God that are God's and take care of the things that he's called us to take care of on our own, not get our roles mixed up. Amen? Amen. 
The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.